Hello, everybody, and welcome back to NDAs. I'm your host, David Trinko. Alongside my co-host, once again, Lincoln Dresselhoff, where we talk about college, junior, and high school hockey in the state of North Dakota. In today's episode of NDAs, we're going to have a very special guest, Lee Jamernick, junior forward for the University of North Dakota. Very excited to have him on. Uh, I don't think we're going to go into too much detail with any intro or anything we're doing with some other episodes, but kind of just want to get straight into the interview. But... Uh, we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll go straight into that, and it was, a, it was a fun one. It was, yeah. So we hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, I'd like to welcome on UND Junior Four, Louis Germanic. Welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, so we're going to get into our first segment, uh, our NDA icebreakers. Well, actually, before that, we'll go into our weekend and summer updates. Uh, so what have you been up to this summer? Oh, um, lots. Yeah. Just, uh, went home for two weeks after the spring semester and, uh, just hung out with the family there and then just came back right away for the beginning of June and started summer class for, for ground school for my, uh, aviation 222. That's getting your instrument. So nice. yeah, pretty much Monday to Thursday, 8am to 10 in the classroom, go to the rink, uh, work out, skate a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, that was and then go fly in the afternoons, and that was about it. So pretty busy, and yeah. the weekends were pretty fun, and that's about it. Sounds pretty busy. What about you, Lynx? Uh, not too much. Kind of just hanging out with my friends while summer winds down, and then, uh, yeah, just getting ready for school. So that's pretty much about it. Awesome. Yeah, this uh, this summer i just been working a lot. Uh, every I, – I got the, the classic uh, – kind of 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. kind of job and that's been a, a pretty good experience for me but just working all summer trying to make the podcast happen bringing on some some nice people and and working and getting ready for school so excited for that to start next week but uh that's awesome yeah now that that's out of the way we'll go now we'll go into our handy icebreakers so Louis, our any icebreakers we'll just go around and ask a question and we'll kind of all answer it as as a kind of from our own perspective um I don't know how well you're going to be able to answer this one, Lincoln, because I don't know if you've spent quite a bit of time in Grand Forks with UND hockey, but uh, we'll start with Louie on this one. What's your favorite restaurant in Grand Forks? It's a really good question. Um, if we're, if we're treating ourselves toasted frog. Yeah. Uh, but if we're just getting a, you know, just a casual meal, I'd say Texas roadhouse for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, that's my one right there. I love Texas roadhouse. Yeah, great food, great price, uh, and you get lots of it, and the bones are, are awesome, too. Uh, you ever go to Speedway on Wednesdays for beers? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, Thursday dollar beers. Oh, it's Thursday? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, we've gone, I haven't gone a whole lot this summer just because of flying the next day, but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, a few of the fellas have gone, and yeah, it's, it's a pretty nice patio. It's a big patio they got there, too. I don't know if you've gone, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Lincoln, yeah. you'll... We'll be checking that one out. That's a good spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln, you got any spots your family goes to um, like that? Yeah, I usually usually go to the Italian Moon. That's probably my favorite place. Or Red Pepper is pretty good too. So either yeah. of those. It's a great place to end up when you're when you're drunk and had a long night of drinking too. <laughs> Grinders kind of hit. Never been to Red Pep though. All the boys uh, I say. had I hadn't either until we had our philanthropy for my fraternity last spring when they, we had grinders for, that's what we did. We bought it like, it was like 
150 grinders or something like that and we discharged cool. we had a band and everything so that was a lot of fun and they were it was pretty decent we had a soup and everything too it's pretty it's pretty decent i i'd try it eventually if you get a chance but i don't know if cool. I'd, i i don't know if i'd go there i don't want to people get mad but i don't know if i'd go there like just to eat you know yeah. <laughs> i think i'd have to okay. be a little a little drunk to go there good to know uh links we'll start with this next one with you uh we'll go favorite board game or card game to play like even if the boys are you know or it gets rainy outside or something you got nothing else to do what do you like to play um i don't really play any board games but uh probably just texas texas hold'em poker so i'm pretty good at that but yeah that's about it what about you louie i know the guys like to play Catan a little bit on the team yeah i was gonna say Catan is has been pretty hot i think that's kind of a no-brainer who's the best who's the best Cool. <laughs> sneaky uh Gavin Hain. He's really? so sneaky. He always has like slow starts and then he'll just the second half he'll just dominate. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think that's a strategy, but mm-hmm. yeah, that guy's that guy's won a lot of games. Yeah, they did an episode with that on Through These Doors. That was fun to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't I'm kind of with links. I don't play a whole lot of board games. Uh, it's more of a family thing. We play like rummy when it's Christmas time, uh, Christmas Eve, when we got the whole family together, we'll play that. Or I play a lot of card games. We, we've been playing a lot of poker with the boys, at the fraternity house, betting, betting real money and uh, you know, get a little tipsy and stuff and play. It's, it's pretty fun. But besides that, uh, just kind of card games, but we'll go into our last question. And this is like our, we actually, I was going to ask this one last week with Dylan, but we, I kind of moved past it on accident. Um, would you rather, this is kind of a hard one. You might have to think about this one for a sec. Would you rather win a gold medal at the world junior championship for your country? Or would you rather win a national championship for your school? Oh, I got my answer. I think for me personally, I think you just can't beat a national championship. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I've never had the opportunity to play for the world juniors. So that's kind of easier mm-hmm. for me to select. If I was a guy like Dylan James and I could potentially play next year, mm-hmm. I would, if, okay, to answer your question, national championship. But the only thing that would trump that is winning an Olympic gold medal for your country. Yeah. I'd maybe say that. Yep. I'm kind of with you there. I, I love the world juniors. I watched them ever since I was a kid. My dad kind of got into me, but I, I love college hockey more. And I, as the way I see it is you get, there's lots of opportunities at different levels, different all ages to represent your country and win a gold medal in different events. You got the U18s, you got the Gretzky Holinka cup, you got the world junior championship, the worlds and the Olympics and stuff like that. So I would definitely go with the national championship. You only get, so many years to do it and you only get to play college hockey once so i definitely picked the national championship also because i love uni hockey and uni hockey is my number one so what about you links uh yeah national championship same reason as same reasons you kind of had david uh yeah i mean yeah national championship i think hands national down championship for me. across yeah. the, uh, across the board there that's great all right. Well, uh, I think that'll wrap up our ice and the icebreakers. We'll go into our basic questions. These are kind of our questions we ask uh, pretty much everyone that comes on. I mean, just you and Dylan so far, besides Mario, we kind of had a different set for him. But um, so the first one would be, you know, who introduced you to hockey and, and sparked your love for the game? Uh, that's, that's my dad. I'm 
it's, you know, it's a pretty standard mm -hmm. answer, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I've apparently when I was uh, one years old, I've been, been begging him to get into skates and I threw a fit when my feet weren't big enough. And finally, when I was two, they were big enough. And so started mm -hmm. skating then and organized sports at four. And then he's coached me all the way till peewee when mm -hmm. parents were allowed, were not allowed to be, I guess, involved anymore as coaches. <laughs> and, uh, uh -huh. but, but yeah, no, it's, that's yeah. my dad for sure. I had a really similar story there. My dad introduced me when I was a kid too. I think that's how a lot of kids are, but, yeah. and uh, my dad was my coach as well. I think, I don't know if it's like that for you links, but what about you links? Uh, I just kind of started playing hockey when I was younger and went with it. So I always just liked it. Yeah. Fair. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then besides hockey, what's your next favorite activity or sport? I mean, I used to play baseball, but. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's that's a good question. Yeah. What's like the um, next next biggest sport in Canada? Is it lacrosse or? Yeah, lacrosse is is all right. I honestly, if I could go back again, it'd probably be football. But yeah. my brand would be mashed potatoes by now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, which uh, you know, if you had a, a not all as a hockey player, going like I had Jonathan Tays growing up, I absolutely loved watching him at UND. Uh, yeah. What was uh, what's what's your hockey player idol or not? Uh, yeah, kind of similar to you with with you know sticking in your hometown. Mine in Calgary was Stromagema. I think he yeah. was the man. So that was the same as Dylan James. Yeah, that's he was pretty yeah. good with uh, especially when they went to the Cup final in '03 and everything like that. That was pretty big. Uh, what was your? So I'm assuming Calgary was your favorite team growing up then too. Yeah. Yes, sir. And Pittsburgh once, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I was a bandwagon. I love Crosby. Mm -hmm. So, but, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What about you guys? A lot of the guys growing up were big fans of Ovechkin over Crosby. I think, you know, not to, you know, shit on your opinion or anything, but I, I, my opinion on Crosby when I was a kid is I, I think my dad was like this too, but I, I kind of just thought uh, Crosby was a crybaby. I think that was kind of a thing that a lot of people thought, but a lot of my friends like Ovechkin. A lot of my friends like Ovechkin. I always stuck by Taze just because I was growing up in central Minnesota as a UND fan. So I kind of had to stick by Taze just because he was an absolute legend and he was winning cups by the time I was eight years old. So what about you, Lynx? Oh, um, I don't think I ever really had a specific hockey player that I that I really followed. Just maybe like any of the good teams. I kind of liked the Blackhawks for the for a while, and then yeah, I'm, I kind of started becoming a Wild fan recently. But there's yeah. I really don't I really didn't have an idol or favorite player growing up. Yeah, um, like you said, I'm a, I was a Blackhawks fan. Obviously, if I was a Tate fan, I liked the Blackhawks growing up. That was part of my main team, and it was easy to like them because you know they won three cups in like six seasons, and it was funny being around all the Wild fans and them getting mad and everything when we were beating them in the playoff. I shouldn't say we because I wasn't on the team, but when Blackhawks were beating them in the playoffs, it was a pretty funny scene. But we'll go with uh, – what was your – okay, this one's kind of fun. You can do a nice story for this one. You can do a nice story for any of the questions, obviously, but uh, we had a good kind of – I had a good story for this last week, and I had to say the same one, so I don't know if I'll chime in with this one. But what's your least favorite hockey memory, like a day that absolutely sucked for you in your hockey career? That was just defeating and maybe, I don't know, maybe you cried. Yeah, I think hands down the worst. First thing that came into my mind was losing that five overtime game to Duluth. 
Yeah. I think, um, although, you know, I know I, I wasn't there at the beginning of the year and I, you mm -hmm. know, I came in halfway through and I was, you know, I was able to play in that game. And, like that was a huge game. And that, I believe that team, like you look at all the guys that came back, you look at all the guys that moved on after that point. Um, like a lot of NHL caliber guys. And I thought we were going to win a ship, like a natty ship. Mm -hmm. That was just a mindset. And then we were going in every single intermission, going into every overtime. It was, okay, guys, like we're going to score. We cannot score. And mm -hmm. then uh, when it didn't work out, it was just the most, it was like, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. You just didn't, couldn't believe it. What was it like after the first one that went in that didn't count? That it, yeah, it was it was like a shocking feeling. Like we all just sat back on the bench, like, whoa, like what do we do now? Like we're we're like we're not gonna game's not over, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, and we were lucky that the refs reviewed it. I didn't even know they were gonna do that. And then as soon as uh, they called it back, okay, okay, now we can't lose. You know, that's mm -hmm. a breath of fresh air. Let's go and. Yeah, just and then couldn't score. And then whether it be just came inches away from sealing it with that shot that went over, almost went just over the shoulder of uh, Mil, uh, was it Milmock. That was the guy who scored. How was his name now? Stays goal. Barely went and then it went on top of the net. That was that. I was at that game. That was yeah. that was a barn burner. That was. Uh, I remember just my my. We were standing. Everyone was standing. I'm, I didn't want to stand for you know, like four hours straight, it was getting really tired. I didn't want to, yeah. I'm not a, a huge standing guy. Uh, so I wanted to sit down and everyone wanted to stand and we didn't have any water. They closed the concession stands after the second period was over or the second intermission was over. So they had to reopen the, uh, the stand so people could drink water, get water. And then yeah. I think someone ordered a pizza actually right behind the net. <laughs> they actually went and literally ordered a pizza. The shoes are, you know, I remember seeing that. That's but yeah, that was that was a huge game. That was it's a real shame. I hate to say this, but it's a real shame that um, Leah Hextall was announcing that game because that tying, the tying goals there would have been electric <laughs> if maybe uh, Clay Mathic was was announcing that or 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 Ben with uh, Ben with Dave Starman would have been announcing that Ben Holden. So it's a, it's a shame. Uh, it is what it is. But that game was absolutely unreal. It, it just was an unreal moment to see us tie that or you guys tie that game and then, you know, took a turn for, uh, it took a bad turn, but yeah. So that was, that was it. What about you links for a bad day in hockey? Uh, well, I said last week that uh, me getting lit up in hockey always, I never liked <laughs> that, but uh, kind of talking about piggybacking off what Louie said. Um, I was at the 2017 regional, which is also in Fargo. And UND, they, they came back. It was like three to one against BU. And then they lost in like double overtime. And that was yeah. uh, that was a heartbreaker. That one. And then they they originally won it. And then that was offsides yep. in Fargo. Mm -hmm. So they kind of rolls were reverse when we went. But if we're going to continue, if we're going to do a game like that, I'm going to go with uh, 2014 Minnesota kid or growing up in Minnesota, central Minnesota. Everyone's a Husky or a Gopher fan. And I'm just sitting here watching the 2014 Frozen Four. And UND loses with 0.6 seconds left. That was absolutely terrible. I cried. I'll be honest. I cried. I bawled my eyes out just knowing <laughs> I was going to get shit on the next day at school. And then my, it was a kind of funny. My dad got us Union Championship shirts after Union beat Minnesota in the championship. And we warm. And everyone, obviously, people were not happy. But 
We'll go on to uh, what are your pregame? You have any pregame rituals or super superstitions at all? I wouldn't say ritual. I just say more of a routine. Like I'm very routine based. Everyday practice games, but yeah, I guess I like to do things a certain way. Like I put left shin pad, right shin pad, left skate, right skate, tie right skate, tie left skate, and it's kind of just yeah. If, if you do things right consistently every day, and you know you'll hopefully play consistently. So. Is there a certain like meal you have, like maybe an omelet or something before the game? Uh, not before the game. We actually, when I came here, I used to, well, playing junior hockey, you eat what, three, four hours before the game. And then I came here and they're eating six hours before the game. I'm going, holy smokes, this is pretty show time. And it's a huge feast. And um, yeah, so I, I would have a whole thing of pasta, chicken, and then another whole plate of, you know, sweet potato um, and, a, and a salad. And mm -hmm. uh and then, you know, that's six hours before. And then right when you come to the rink, three hours before, um, you know, I just have a peanut butter sandwich or something. But, yeah, it's mm – -hmm. yeah, there's not a whole – I guess, yeah, load up. takes six hours for protein to digest apparently. So mm -hmm. that makes sense why. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, when I was working with Through These Doors this, this year, we, I went down for – I had to film – I think it was probably the Cornell series – and we were doing a little bit of video in the the gym where people were warming up. And then I I walk into the the kitchen and or the dining area and Clev's just munching on a honey sandwich. It was pretty funny. But uh, what's your favorite uh, like what's your genre of music to listen to before games or is it like a song you play? You get in the zone with some headphones or? Um, no, I, I I play music in the dressing room. So I I mean I I got a pretty decent. You're on Ox. Yeah, I got a wide variety. Oh, sick. Of stuff. I like to play, you know, EDM, um, rap. I think the EDM and rap are more, you know, lighter rap is more casual as we're taping sticks and not. But um, when we get back in the dressing room, you know, 25, 30 minutes before warm up, it, you know, I dial it up pretty hard with the, let's say, music that's going to make you want to kill somebody. <laughs> so, uh, How yeah, did you get paid for Ox? I don't know. It just kind of happened. I last summer I did ox um, during workouts and then it just kind of went through into the season just because I'm one of the first guys there. So, you know, I, nothing's playing when I get there. So I'm going to play something. So the boys just when you get in the, all the boys get in the locker room, you're just like they're just like Louie, you know, throwing some tunes. Where's the music at or what? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, in away games, too, it, that's more of the scenario. But yeah, when like I said, home games, everybody comes at their own at their own time and whatever they need to do at the home game. So, um, yeah, when as soon as I get there, if nothing's playing, I'll play it. And for away games, yeah, I normally just hop on and we got a pretty good, pretty good playlist. Um, you know, guys throw out ideas. It's very open. It's, yeah. So if people can make song requests and stuff, hundred oh, percent. I'm not a hard old at all. <laughs> nice. There's a request, hundred percent. Do you use Spotify or like Apple Music or what do you use? Um. It's a good question. Apple Music for that playlist, but I, I actually got on a Spotify a couple of years ago to find new songs because mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the I think it's the new this week or weekly, whatever, it, mm -hmm. pretty unreal songs that, that I've never heard of come out of that playlist. So. so when you're in the away locker room, do you guys like bring a speaker or how does that work? Yeah, yeah, we got a Hyperboom speaker. I don't know what the, I think it's an Ion. I own hyperboom or whatever, but yeah, it's mobile and 
you know, we like to leave it plugged in when it's plugged in. It gets very loud. It's got heavy bass. I think Jackson Keene played a role in purchasing that. He was the Ox yeah. guy for a few years before I got here. And yeah, he's mm-hmm. unreal at, at tunes. And yeah, so I think he <laughs> Dano to find a proper speaker for us. Yeah. I just, I, I kind of remember, can relate to that. I don't know about you, Lynx, but we always had guys that would bring speakers before. Like we, we didn't have a speaker. We were like playing Bantam. So, and like Minot's rank or something. We'd, so we always had like someone bring a speaker. I think that's how, how it is for most teams, but sort of that pregame stuff. We'll get into our player specific questions now. These are questions we formulated just for you. So, how did you, how did growing up? Well, we actually kind of had this one last week. How did you growing up in Canada affect your hockey game? Did it make it harder or easier with the competitive competitiveness level? It's a good question. I wouldn't I wouldn't say harder. I just say it's very different. I've noticed just in the type of play. I feel like Western Canadian hockey is a little more physical and a little more chippier. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, fast. I'd say he- yeah. My favorite word is heavy. Coach Coach Dane Jackson loves the word heavy. He's a Western Canada boy himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I just say a little more heavy hockey and, you know, every American I've met and or BC guy from Canada, they're very skilled, very skilled and fast. Um, and sure, there's a lot of physical guys, but I think by far the, the biggest difference is the physicality. Awesome. So like that, that, I guess that makes you into a better player who can get into scrums in the boards easier and can handle yourself for sure better. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say definitely helps with that, but it also kind of forces you into roles that, you know, maybe you're kind of stuck in, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a bad thing at all, but job to job. And then you have a younger brother, right? And yep. how did he affect your development of hockey? You kind of had this question similar to Dylan. He's got two older brothers. Uh, you have a younger brother. How did, how did that develop? How did he help your development or did that, did he affect it at all? Yeah, no, big time. Him and it, he would, we would go play on the outdoor rink all the time. We, uh, in our old house, we had an outdoor rink like uh, two blocks from our house. So, and it was a real huge one. And, you know, every night after dinner, we'd go out and skate and have some fun mm-hmm. until it was dark out and couldn't, couldn't play anymore. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah we spent, I spent a lot of time on the pond. We had a pond in front of my house. Uh, my neighborhood was kind of shaped around a pond. So we always had like six different rinks out there in Minnesota. So it's pretty, it's pretty common for kids to go out and play hockey or you'd have like the dad who doesn't have a, has a kid that doesn't play hockey. He'd just have like a kind of one of those crappier nets and maybe you'd steal it for still for an hour or so. But yeah. uh, you spent four around four years, almost probably about five years in the Alberta junior hockey league. What did, did that experience mean to you? And like, what made, what makes junior hockey special in Canada yeah I think uh yeah I think it was a wild journey honestly um I don't know if you want me to go in depth or not but yeah go ahead um yeah yeah so I was supposed to play in Brooks at 16 um I got promised that and you know how life works so um I got cut from 16 went back to midget hockey uh midget triple a in Calgary played that year we lost at a playoffs early in like mid February. So Brooks brought me back out for their playoffs for three months. Um, so I pretty much got, you know, I got a couple of games and I got to play in the RBC cup, which was fun. Um, and then I played 17 year in Brooks got put on a futures list at the beginning of that year. 
while I was healthy scratched. And then by the end of the year, um, I was player of the month of the team. And then so that I kind of got dished for nothing off the futures consideration. So that wasn't, it was fine. Cause then I ended up in Okotoks. That was amazing. Cause coach Tyler Dice, he's unbelievable as, I don't know if Dylan mentioned that or not, but um, just a great guy. And I, you know, he coached me when I was 10, 12 years old. And then um, yeah, just played in Okotoks for 18, 19 year old year. And then, uh, and then the 20 year old year for like a month until COVID shut everything down and I came mm-hmm. here. So that was kind of a bit of a bit of a route, but I definitely love it. I've learned a lot for sure. Yeah, you were uh correct me if I'm wrong, but you were captain on that team, right? In Okotoks. What was that like being named captain? Do they do, do your team teammates nominate you or your coaches or how does that work? Um that one was signed by uh coach for sure. But you know, it's one of those things where uh, I was assistant captain the year before, and um, I think that group we had was pretty much the same group the next year. So um, our captain moved on, and I think our core group of of leaders um, stayed, except for uh, uh, Setaguchi moving on. So I guess yeah, I just kind of moved up into that spot. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was the same group of guys; nothing really changed, and yeah, so it's good. Awesome. What was your UND recruitment like and, you know, what, what made you want to play at UND? That's a good question. I, uh, so going back to Tyler Dice, he kind of sat me down at the beginning of my 19 year old year and he just said, Hey, if you could play anywhere, where would it be? And I just said North Dakota kind of half-heartedly as a joke. Cause at that point I've had, I didn't have a single, you know, I haven't talked to, hadn't talked to a team and since playing at Brooks. So a year and a half, um, so it kind of went a year and a half of, you know, no NCAA connections. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, anyway, so he started that connection. I guess they started watching me for a few months. And, you know, I had a pretty good start to the year and started to talk to a bunch of schools. And um, I got invited out to the Team Canada West tryout. Um, and then that kind of really got the wheels turning. I went out to Michigan Tech. Um, and then as soon as uh, – um, Bob's heard about that. I think he invited me to the next weekend, but um, sorry, I'm all over the board here. I guess before, so Bob's accidentally stumbled on to me, apparently. Um, uh, we were just playing a random game in Edmonton and uh, two two days before the Christmas break and we were losing like four or five, nothing, five minutes into the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm, I'm pissed. I go out there, I hit, I hit like four guys in a row. Um, and then this one defenseman, I, I, I hit him pretty good behind his net. And then I go, you know, I go up to reload his F3, get above the play, and he follows me. Like, he beelines it to me, and he wanted mm-hmm. to fight. So, you know, we had a really good fight. And, uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a really good fight. And as I'm getting Drop off, I kind of let our bench, like, let's go. And, yeah. And I guess yeah. Bubs really liked that. And he got me he got me on a flight down here two weeks later. So, what was the – what was the visit like then? It was incredible. I, I went to Michigan tech the week before that. And I, you know, it was really nice, like really nice mm-hmm. campus. And, you know, you know how the schools throw stuff and it's really cool, but like this place is like nothing. So it, you can't even yeah. town's beautiful. It's nice. It's small. I like small town feel. And then you get to the mm-hmm. Ralph and you, you're, my shoes are blown, like, I'm not even in my shoes anymore. Jaws on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's the best facility. Marble floors all the everything you could ask for in a gym um 
locker rooms are great. Coaching staff is incredible. And then when they just get into their philosophy about, you know, the guys they bring in, the character, the, the hard working, like it makes sense why they've been so successful because it's not just playing hockey. It's being a good teammate, being a leader, what you do on and off the ice. So. Yeah. You mentioned Michigan tech there. Were you talking to any other programs besides UND or in Michigan tech? Um, I think, I think Providence and union uh, RIT. It's about it. Were you close to one, any lot. of those other ones? Was I wish, sir? Were you close to one, any of those other ones? Yeah, I was, I was pretty much settled on Michigan tech. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really good offer and and the the team was was up and coming they 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 were down some forwards especially centermen and they uh they were young too and they did pretty good and, mm-hmm. and i think they made the national tournament actually this past season so yep, you know, they did the, you tell yep. that, that that group kind of aged up and and matured and got better so i thought that would have been a good you know they they saw me fitting into a spot and i thought it would be a good opportunity but then yeah and i was pretty set on that too and then Bub just said, "Hold on, before you make any decisions, come come here." And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Said so they they know how to get players here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a pretty nice uh, rink down in Michigan Tech. I haven't been to it, but I've seen a lot of pictures, and it looks really really nice. And yeah, um, yeah they played Minnesota Duluth, I believe, in the first round, and their like leading score got kicked out within the first like two minutes, mm-hmm. um, yep. which is really uh, sad because I, I like to see. I like to see those 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 teams like WCHA teams or CCH CCHA now, I guess. Um, I like to see those teams that haven't made the tournament or haven't had a whole lot of success in a long time. Cause they won two national titles in the fifties, I believe. And I like to see those teams success like Bemidji state and all those, but yeah. So why did you decide to join, uh, to play college hockey instead of like junior in Canada? It's another really good question. Um, so I guess to go back, I, uh, my family started building Calgary Hitman players. So in the WHL, when I was 10 years old, I thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know, living in a house with these rock stars and looking up to them. And I, my mind was set on playing in the dub when I was 10 and, and right up until I was 15 and I got drafted to Moose Jaw and I was going to mm-hmm. go to Moose Jaw and, and I was so close to signing. And I'm lucky I didn't because my dad just said, Hey man, just keep your doors open. There's no reason to sign right now. You're not playing this year. I'm so glad I listened to him because, yeah, the following year, that's when Brooks reached out and got connected with Papuano. And he just said, hey, the college college world is – there's so many more pros and, you know, you get an education out of it. And, and sure, sure, you do in junior, you know, playing major junior, you get your school paid for afterwards. But I just mm-hmm. felt like, you know, getting that extra four years of development um, was was probably the best thing for me personally is, yeah, yep. get, be able to play till 24 rather than 20. So you said you were drafted by Moose Jaw. Did you, was there a team that you had that you really wanted to play for? Like maybe a favorite team you had? I mean, I think being from Hitman Alberta, the, yeah, the three from Alberta. So, or I guess not the only three, but there's others, but yeah, it was Calgary, Red Deer and, and Edmonton. And I remember when I was mm-hmm. 15 before the draft, I was sending emails out to uh, Sutter and, um just yeah. you know staff on red deer and in edmonton just kind of selling myself like hey i'd be you know i'd do this and that and um and it you know it didn't really work out but um, i think you know i think moose jaw was pretty good at the time too so i wasn't too too uh sad to go there 
Yeah. And you said you did, you said before when you, your coach sat you down and asked you, where you if you wanted to play college hockey anywhere, you said UND jokingly, did you, so obviously you knew about UND a little bit. Did you do any of your own scouting or did, how did you like get to know about UND? Yeah. So, I mean, just growing up from in Western Canada, North Dakota is kind of the, it's the school. Like it's, if college, when you talk about college hockey, you talk about North Dakota and that's just the way it is. And maybe that's just geographically awesome. or what, but I think that's just the way it is. And, but also secondly, it's, you know, being somebody who wanted to become a pilot, I looked up, did some homework and found the five schools that have division one hockey and, and, um, a pilot program mm-hmm. so you know who was number one on that list as well UND yep. so I think that was just a no-brainer really so it's UND Western Michigan Mankato has a has a decent program too right what are the other two that I I think it was on? Alaska Ohio State and then um, Omaha did you already say Omaha I didn't say Omaha, Omaha. I didn't know they had one oh, yeah. I think so because I know the I know the Mavs down in Mankato have one, and I know Western Michigan has a pretty good program too. But uh, you came, yeah. So you came in the middle of the season. Uh, I think it was what was it December, right after December or something like that. When yeah, you came to UND, yep. and December. then what? What was it like for the sudden transition from the Alberta Junior League to to college hockey for you? Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. I think, especially because I was sitting at home for over a month because uh, COVID canceled my junior season. So I was just sitting at home, you know, doing Peloton bike rides, just trying to stay in shape. Um, but that was pretty much it. Playing on the outdoor rink, and then all of a sudden making that jump um, was well, first just adjusting to being far away from home, and which isn't a big deal. But yeah, I think getting set up with classes and um just getting on the ice with these guys that i i literally subscribed to the nchc package to watch them in the park yeah. for the entire christmas i'm going wow like this is unbelievable i'm idolizing these guys and then uh, literally a week later i get a phone call that i gotta come play with them now and i'm going how am i supposed to crack this lineup and you know they didn't promise me anything they just said hey we need an extra guy in case somebody gets injured or covet hits or whatever and i was just happy to be here as whatever whatever they needed and so I was very grateful to have the opportunity. And, but yeah, I guess making that transition was crazy. I, if you had that heart rate tracker on me, you would have thought my heart was going to explode just trying to keep up with everybody. Those first two weeks was, I lost like 10 pounds. Jeez. Yeah. So who called you then? Bubs? Yeah, it was, it was Bubs. They were, I think it was coming to the end of the pod and I was just out on the outdoor rink and I just had a weird feeling like, Hey, I should probably check my phone after two hours of nothing. And, you know, missed call three minutes ago from Brad Barry and I'm going, "Uh Oh, so I called them back right away. And yeah, they just said, Hey, we need you to come down. So. Awesome. That's, that's sick. Yeah. So like, did you, I'm kind of curious because you started in December and, and you know, the the spring semester doesn't start until mid January. How did you get registered for classes and how did that work then? Yeah. Another thing where I just, we're just so lucky here with the amount of support staff we have. I think I worked with Andres Freeman. I was on the phone with him at least twice a day for the next 10 days. He was getting classes set up. I, you know, my visa set up my I 20, my F one, my nine Oh five, the, all that stuff, just to get it across the border. I gotta, gotta go to the bank. I gotta show them that, you know, my, my dad has enough money in the bank to, 
to pay for the tuition and to pay for all this really? and that. Oh, yeah, so we, yeah, loans yeah, and stuff yeah. maybe or well no they they put away an RESP which is like an education fund so okay the money was just sitting there but they we needed apparently the U.S. government wanted a you know like a stamped approval from the manager of the banks and this is whatever but yeah oh, just wow. little things like that it, there was a whole process to it and I it was a whirlwind of a 10 days getting packed up and just moving my whole life out here but you know, I'm lucky I had guys like JBD and Weatherby and Sended, who I lived with that second half. They took me in. And yeah, I, I was just so lucky I got mm -hmm. to live with those guys because not only they were the three assistant captains on the team, too, but just really great guys, very focused at the rink all the time. Just hanging out with them, I think, helped me uh, just learn what it took. Yeah. So when you came in, what was it like? What was the feel like in the locker room when you like stepped in for the first time where people were like, where people like, I assume people were welcoming with handshakes or were they like, maybe, oh, who is this guy? I mean, I, I'm sure there's a little bit of both, but in terms of, you know, I, on my drive here, there were guys already texting me and I think Bubs kind of had a team meeting and let them know a day before I got here. And, and as I'm driving out here, my phone was blowing up. I think almost 75% of the team reached out personally on text, just saying, hey, mm -hmm. hey, Lou, so I have to have you out you know, can't wait to meet you and all that. Like, I, I don't know who people, I know a lot of folks, but not a lot of people would do that. So that just speaks to the mm -hmm. character and the guys in the dressing room. And so, yeah. And then as soon as stepping in the dressing room and actually meeting the guys, everybody's so friendly. Nobody was, you know, nobody was Mr. Big Deal or trying to big, big league me or anything. It was, you know, bringing me into the team, showing me every single day, if I had any questions, ask. And yeah, so I was very lucky. So did like you, you talked a little bit about living with JBD and Weatherby and and um who's the who's the third one? Sendo. Sendin. Sendin, right. Uh did anyone uh, maybe it was one of those guys, did anyone take you under their wing or kind of like mentor you right away or kind of help you out? I re I really think it was a group effort. I mean, I I I guess I was a little more I guess following around of of JBD just because I, I knew him previously. I played spring hockey growing up with them for like five years so i knew jbd very well oh, okay um you know and we're the same age and we kind of grew up together and obviously he developed a lot better than i did in junior hockey but um arrived here a lot sooner but um yeah i uh so yeah i was mm -hmm. kind of more with him but lucky i got to awesome. live with him too yeah it's six it's six it's really cool because dylan james is kind of we were talking with him last week and he kind of said it was it's a little bit similar with you and him because you guys played together in Okotoks. So yeah. that's huge though. Uh you wear you wear 27 and like why did you that was uh, Johnny Taconic's old number the year before. Why did you pick that number? Did you not have a choice or what was your first choice maybe? I didn't know that was Johnny. I thought Johnny was like 20 or but yeah, I didn't know he was 27. But uh yeah, no, um there were two options. So um Dano, you know, Dan Johansson, our mm -hmm. equipment guy, he just called yep. me uh, before I left. He just said, hey, do you want seven or 27? I go, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, seven was kind of cool because I was number nine and it's, you know, a single mm -hmm. digit. But, but I just felt like not only was that Oshi's number, and I kind of, I'm nowhere close to Oshi and I want to respect <laughs> that, but I felt like being number seven is just a little too cocky. So I just like, let's just be a 27. Don't worry about it. Whatever. So, yeah. It wasn't a whole lot of thought went into it. Awesome. And then uh, we'll kind of jump into this because you were talking a little bit about registering for classes. 
Now, when did you decide that you wanted to be an aviation major and kind of what made you, I mean, what made you, what drove you to that or kind of made you select that major and, and yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just decided when I was probably 15 or 16, I mean, I've always loved planes since I was 10 and, and, you know, being a pilot was always on my radar. And then as we got closer, closer to the college scene, um, yeah, like I said, I made that list of schools that had both and UND was one of them. So as soon as I committed here, I knew it was part of my process of wanting mm-hmm. to come here was, was because of the aviation. So it's not like I just showed up and went, oh, what do I want to do? So I was lucky that way. So what kind of made you really interested in aviation then when you were a kid? Um, so my, uh, my grandpa was in the Royal Canadian Air Force as a, a navigator. So he wasn't a pilot, but he was in the Air Force. Um, and then my, my dad's dad, um, he, was a, he was a private pilot. He got his private pilot license at 50 years old. And, you know, he, he loved flying. And, yeah, I mean, he just said, you would love it, look into it. And, and I love it. So he was right. <laughs> yeah, so I think a lot of people are wondering this, especially me. And I know in my fraternity, there's a lot of guys who are aviation majors. And especially my friend Cole, uh, I'm going to give him a little shout out. My friend Cole, he, you're his favorite player because you're an aviation major. Um, but, and he is too. And, you know, what, how do, I think a lot of people want to know, how do you balance hockey? And, you know, it's a very demanding schedule being an aviation major. How do you balance that out? And what's like your average day like then? Yeah, no, that's a good question. It's very busy for sure. I mean, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing crazy crazy i mean i'm at the rink from you know 6 15 a.m till noon uh then you go do classes and then you go fly and then you come back and you know if you don't have a flight um i can do a little extra homework i can get an extra workout in um you know eat do more homework and then just go to bed so i guess i just cut out the tv and the the video games and Mm -hmm. you know it, it it sucks because you got roommates that love to watch TV and hang out. And, you know, I wish I could hang out with my teammates a lot more and you hang out a lot, you know, in the mornings at the rink, don't get me wrong, but you know, out of the rink mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So you kind of got to cut the the free time out. And, and once I did that, you know, you can, you can get it done pretty good. Yeah. And I, I read a little bit, <clears throat> I think it was in a Schloss article he had a while ago, but there was some, at some point where, you guys experienced you guys in a flight and you guys experienced some pretty bad turbulence or something. Then everyone on the team kind of looked at you. What, what, what happened there? Yeah, that was flying to Nashville. Um, I think either Nashville right. or yeah, it was either that or Miami, but anyways, yeah, it was just a wild, extremely turbulent flight and everybody was freaking out. And because they knew I was in aviation, they thought I knew everything. And I mean, I, I know a little bit, um, at that point, I, I knew a little bit. I know a lot more now, but yeah, I just said, "Hey, it's there's wind." You know, people just think wind is like one dimensional, but mm-hmm. like it's there's it's coming from all angles, and and that's that's what that's what throws you around like that. And um, so yeah, especially when it's bumpy like that, everybody's freaking out. And so I just said, "Just relax." So I kind of have to put on a brave face too, because. You know, when they look at you and if I'm freaking out, then they'll definitely freak out. <laughs> yeah, because so, yeah. uh, yeah. going into Nashville, I'm not going to lie. There were a couple of beads of sweat on my forehead, but <laughs> pretty bumpy ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
do they look at you a lot then whenever if anything happens on the plane or you get a lot of questions or maybe even when they see anything about airplanes they ever ask you stuff or yeah it's pretty cool i love when guys ask questions it's pretty it's pretty fun especially when we're at aft flight that's where we kind of get our charter flights out of here in grand forks and whenever we're waiting we normally wait at least 15 20 minutes for each guy does TSA and they do all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so while we're waiting there, we're in the hangar and there's all these planes just sitting out and they're asking, Hey, was this, was that, was this. And so those, it's always fun just to talk about that. And um, I guess when we're on the ramp and, you know, if we're delayed or something, they'll be like, what are we waiting for? I'll be out and we'll probably get de-iced or just things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite plane you guys, I know they have a lot of different planes. Like, you know, they have like Seminoles and archers. What's your favorite one that you get to, you get to fly? Well, the only thing I have flown, is the Seminole, or sorry, okay. not the Seminole, Piper Archer, Piper Archer. That's Seminole I'm going to fly this uh, in a couple of weeks here. But yeah, the Piper Archer is what I first flight. And I've only other plane I flew was the the uh, Cessna mm-hmm. uh, out of that flight just for fun. But that's that's about it. Awesome. Uh, we'll jump into a little bit of a hard question here. What what would you say best describes your role that you play on the team? And then what kind of player would you say you are? That's a good question. I yeah, I think I'm uh I think I'm just an energy guy. I know I'm not extremely skilled and you know, I won't flip a guy inside out, but um I just think I can, you know, mm-hmm. win my battles, beat guys down the ice, um, play well defensively, good PK. I think I can, you know, be a little nifty, creative uh, on the power play when I got my chances last year. I think, um, yeah, I'll, I, I guess the word is a utility guy. I can just do whatever you need me to do. So um, that's about it. What is your, what is your favorite uh, conference team to play against? I know when I talked to Dylan last week, we were talking a little bit about in conference rivals and. Um, I don't know if it's a different narrative or maybe guys in the locker room think, you know, differently than the fans do. I personally remember and think maybe DU is the biggest rival in the conference. And then some people might think it's Duluth or St. Cloud. What did, what's, what's kind of your, your team? Yeah, I think um, when I first, my first year when I came in halfway through, it was Denver by far, like without question. And I think honestly, last year for me personally was, was uh, Duluth just because of, them beating us in the five overtime and mm-hmm. i remember i don't know if you guys remember um it was our first game playing them again that following season it was here in the ralph and i got that five minute major suspension not a suspension <laughs> i just got kicked out of the game but yeah i was so fired up for that game like that if i actually stayed in the game it may have been one of the better games that i played just because I, I, I don't think I was ever jacked up as much as I was for that game just to get them back for kicking us out. And I just remember, yeah, I just got a cross check from that guy right my wrist behind the net. And he tried to chop my nuts in front of the net. So I punched him in the head and he just <laughs> dropped like a sack of potatoes. I don't know. It was... Anyways, it is I think I do remember that. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. that weekend because the Friday night, I think it was. Uh, it was actually one of the weekends, one of the first weekends that it was actually really cold out and we were all waiting in line. and. I remember seeing on Twitter, I, I, I saw with kind of a group of guys who stays active on Twitter and everything. And we just saw that Jake was out with uh, the flu or he was sick. And we were all like, come on, dude, we want to sweep Duluth here. And, yeah. you know, and you guys ended up doing that later in the season, which was awesome. I was there. You knew that I talked to you a little bit on the way back. And uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that series pretty fun, uh, 
pretty pretty good. And then what obviously, I mean, we got to go here. Favorite auto auto conference team to play. It's another good question. I oh, what am I even thinking? Minnesota. <laughs> I don't even know why it took me a second longer than a second to think. That's auto Minnesota Gophers. As the the hatred and and it's funny too because. <laughs> Like three weeks before we played them, coaches, because the, the coaches actually played them, you know, too. They're all from UND. They all play yep. Minnesota. So they have that rivalry and, and it's in their blood, too. And even more so, I think, because they were actually in the same conference back then. Yep. So these guys, the coaches are like, hey, guys, I know Gophers are three weeks away, but we got to focus on these next two weekends here. And they're trying to remind mm -hmm. us. But I think it's more to remind themselves kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it just that whole week was the most intense I've ever seen anybody, like everybody as a whole staff to play the Gophers. Cause mm -hmm. yeah, just cause of the rivalry. That was an unreal weekend. What is, what is Bub saying in the locker room before that game? Like, does he say a big speech or anything? Like, I know let's go out there and kill these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the PG version. <laughs> he's, he's, he's good. He's, he's, he's not crazy at all. He's actually very calm and, before games he doesn't get too fired up um but he, he's very inspirational and he kind of reminds us i think the best thing he does is reminds us of the, the who we're playing for or you know the privilege it is to play it at north dakota he always reminds us of that and and just to go and you know play for the guys before us and mm -hmm. in terms of that rivalry and you know we might not be in conference with them anymore but let's just Keep keep it going. Keep beating them up as much as we can. Yeah, uh, love that. Obviously, love that rivalry. That's like the best thing ever. And then, I mean, you weren't there for it for it just yet, but uh, I was at the last uh, links. You were in, you were in Vegas when we played them too. I'm pretty mm -hmm. jealous about that. So, but I was at the one where we played them in Minnesota last year, or not last year, 2020. You know, it was in 2019, I guess technically. And that was awesome. That was an electric series. We just, we literally beat the shit out of them the first night, like nine to two. That was insane in their building. And it was a little bit close to the second night. And then, you know, we didn't get to play in 2020, but, and I was at the one in 2017 too, when it was, when it was at UND as well. But anyway, um, yeah, I was at the one this weekend, this, uh, this year, obviously it was, it was awesome. And then hopefully, uh, I'll be going to the one this year too in the Mario Champ. I have the tab open on my phone, waiting for the ticket sales to go on for Minnesota. See, uh, yep. Minnesota single game tickets. But so, what's your favorite college building or college rink you played in so far, not including the Ralph? Good question. I think, I think either Denver or Duluth, and I might just that just might be because of the the rivalry and being so fired up. But I just love, I just love the atmosphere. Oh, you know what, Western Michigan. Speaking of atmosphere, oh, yeah. that is the lunatics, yeah. there. There's people. There's like six people each got their phones or posters up in the penalty box, putting the stuff they write on their phones is absurd. Like it's should be, yeah, it should be on the FBI's <laughs> radar. It's pretty savage. Those guys are unreal. Passionate. Yeah. Which uh what building? I'm kind of curious. What building like takes care of you guys the best? Like which which team when you travel there, you're like, no, it's gonna be a good trip. Usually they have good facilities and everything. It's a good question. I think Omaha 
Omaha, I think in terms of uh, the hotel, it being so close to a couple of, uh, of places to go and just eat, or there's a Lulu mm-hmm. shop and, uh, and the rink is really nice. Obviously they held the pod there uh, for a reason. Yep. It's really nice in there. And then, uh, and then being uh, Omaha known for their beef, we went out for a unreal steak dinner. Mm-hmm. So awesome. it just blown, blew my mind. So is it like, would you say Omaha is the best food then, or would you say Miami? I heard of Miami of Ohio has really good food choices. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of the place we went to. I think it was, um, I think it was Quinnipiac. This one place we went to, probably the sneakiest good calamari I've ever had. Really, I wasn't a calamari guy, but that just that just blew my mind. But kind of random. What's your uh, what's your favorite part about playing, and then what's your favorite part about attending UND too? Like from a student side. Good question. Playing, I everything. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like playing here is it's incredible. It's a privilege. Every single day we get treated the best. We get you know whatever we need, um, and then some. You know, if we need to skate at any time, there's we can go skate. You know, equipment get everything covered you know like i mentioned before the teammates staff yeah i, I just can't say enough how much i love that part and then in terms of attending und too i think it's great i think um i've been fortunate enough not to have a, a bad I, I guess bad teacher somebody that doesn't care mm-hmm. i've had every single teacher i've had has, has cared about what they've done and you know if i send them an email or they've been they've been all willing to work with our schedules in terms of being mm-hmm. away. I haven't had anybody that said, Oh, you can't do this or that, you know? So I've been very fortunate, you know, they'll work and they'll give me the homework ahead or they'll let me make it up after. So I think that when things work like that, hand in hand, when people are on the same page, it makes life a lot easier. You ever had Munsky? Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, I've taken Dougie, two, two Doug Munsky, absolute legend Lincoln. You know, You'll have to take a class with him. He's an absolute legend. He gives out candy and stuff. It's it's sick. Yeah. If I can give you a piece of advice, so Lincoln, I'd only do one one a semester or save his classes yeah. for when you have a really mm-hmm. heavy, heavy schedule. It'll be a class mm-hmm. that'll let you. And he knows that and he does it on purpose to alleviate people's stress. He's like, hey, you still mm-hmm. get, you do the work and, and he won't make it hell. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. 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 So what's your you kind we kind of talked about it before, but what's your living situation like right now? Who are you living with right now, and who's in the house with you? So I'm living with we have a duplex, but on this side uh, it's Bast, Ports, and Schmaltz with myself on this mm-hmm. side, and then on the other side is um, Gaber, Ness, Cooper, and then Farmer just moved in there because Booty was here before uh, okay. before he transferred to RPI, uh, but it's a great setup. We have a huge backyard. The basements connect, and yeah. So I mean, we have lots of fun together, and we just walk over to each other's side. And Did you say the basements connected? Yeah, that's electric. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. I can't imagine what the parties are like then. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. What's your uh, favorite memory so far being on the team? I think I think just one of my favorite memories that sticks out is just coming here when I first got here just how welcoming and awesome everybody was I think my first time going out and I, in brackets just because I was only 20 and 
you know, I, I wasn't 21 yet, so I couldn't go out to a bar or anything, but mm-hmm. um, I just hung out at the bunker with, you know, Kawaguchi and, and those guys that all live there. And um, yeah, so for New Year's Eve, that was really fun. Um, that was kind of the, my first kind of college experience. So I won't forget that. So you guys have some good Christmas parties too. Yeah, actually that's, yeah. Last, last Christmas party was a lot of fun too. We, uh, we just got a, a bus just for our group, like nothing just for our, you know, um, players and, and girlfriends and, um, mm-hmm. a few others, but yeah, just, we spent just three, four hours, just the team, just the guys, us together. I think, yeah, guys still talk about it now, how that was probably one of the, the best times we had as a group because of how close we were. Awesome. And then I have least short memory here, but I think we can skip that one. Cause you kind of already said that earlier with uh, the five overtime game. Uh, what's your favorite goal you scored in your college career so far? That's a good question. I think there's kind of, I'd say I'd 50, 50. I'd say the, the Colorado college one um, when we were in CC, um, I kind of just picked up the puck and went end to end. And there's like a cool photo. I was, it was like one on five and, there's a cool meme out of that one. I think that was I, I I haven't done anything. Even in junior, I didn't do anything like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then I think just the goal in Duluth. I, I had a it was on the PK and I kind yeah, of yeah. picked off a bad pass that they didn't break out properly on the power play. And I went on a breakaway and, and finished that play because that was a big, big weekend for us to get that sweep. So I think that one was a important oh yeah i was gonna bring that one up even i was maybe even gonna cut in before you and bring that one up because i remember being there we were in the upper bowl right above the student section so we were kind of chirping them a little bit and everything and it was just so sick because i mean uh albrecht had his first goal and that was absolutely disgusting it was a filthy goal that was insane because i remember looking over at my buddies and i'm like dude was that just carson (laughs) albrecht oh my god that was nasty oh yeah and you guys were rolling and then you had that that shorthanded goal and that was sick. I had to like make sure that was shorthanded because you know that was absolutely sick. I was so hyped for you when you scored that one. I was like, that's that's fucking goal. That was insane. And then even yeah. then, like they had a NCAC posted a YouTube video of all the shorthanded goals this year and they didn't put that one in there. I'm like, what where's that goal? But yeah, it is what it is. But who's the yeah. funniest guy in the locker room? Who's the jokester? I mean Luke. Luke Bast easily. He's he the clown. Like, yeah. He's funny. He's he always has something to say. Yeah. What are your uh we're gonna into our combo of our final questions here? What what are your expectations for this upcoming uh this upcoming season? I'd say they're, goals, maybe. they're pretty high. They're pretty high. I I'm not gonna say anything specific, but I think we can go really far. Mm-hmm. And I think as long as, you know, you look at teams last year, like Duluth and St. Cloud, they had a lot of returning guys and, you know, 50 years and they were supposed to be first in the conference and win this and that. And, you know, I think they maybe got a little complacent at times. And so I think if, as long as we don't get complacent, we stay hungry because man, we got pretty much everybody coming back. Um, I know mm-hmm. we lose key pieces, Driscoll, Ford and, and Sanderson, but with the guys we got coming back, like it's like, I'm getting fired up right now. Just thinking mm-hmm. about it. And you guys got an absolutely, I feel like an absolutely stellar freshman class coming in. All drafted guys. Dylan's yeah, Dylan's awesome. I got to talk. I got an opportunity to talk with most of them, except for Jackson Blake. I haven't gotten hold of him, but all the other guys are just been awesome to talk to. Really nice kids, and I'm really, I personally have been really excited for this season. So, but uh, what's the series that you're looking forward to playing in most? 
I think we can probably narrow it down to your favorite, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's a no-brainer. I think Duluth, uh, Denver, Duluth, and Minnesota. I mean, mm-hmm. especially in Denver, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just because I got my first point there, but I think there's something about Denver, too. Just, it just fires me up. Mm-hmm. And then Minnesota, that'll be your first time playing in Mariucci. You know, it's actually a pretty, yep. it's a pretty decent building, but they used to not be able to, they used to not pack the building a whole lot just because they weren't very good the last couple of years, but they're actually going to be pretty good this next year. So hopefully, yep. hopefully they choke somewhere at the, at the end of the season. But, and then we'll, yeah. we'll go into our last question here for anyone who's listening that wants to play college hockey, maybe an angry person. What do you, what's some tips maybe you got to say for them that want to make it into to college? I think one of the biggest ones that not a lot of people talk about is, is do your school. I think uh, I had a lot of teammates and buddies that were unreal hockey players, but because their academics weren't there, they had to go the dub route or they, or they just couldn't get into the schools they wanted to when their skill mm-hmm. or ability could get them there. So, yeah, so that's kind of the biggest one is academics, but, and then your classic, just work hard, man. I think not a lot of people are open to feedback nowadays for whatever reason. And I think the best way, to get better is just listen to your coach and ask for feedback get as much as possible and talk to your teammates after every play, like do that kind of stuff. And then, and then your classic, be the first guy on the ice, last guy off. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks for being on. Uh, Really appreciate the time and and you taking the time to be on here and we, we hope you have a really good season here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for you guys. Time was fun. Well, there you have it. Uh, what do you think, Louie? Or oh my god, okay, no. <laughs> oh my god, Louie and Lincoln. Okay. Oh, there you have it. What do you think, Links? Uh, really nice guy. Lots of good stories he could tell us, and uh, it was kind of cool learning about uh, at least his whole experience of coming up to UND since he came up kind of not halfway through the year, but kind of close to mm-hmm. with all that COVID stuff. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was really cool being able to talk to someone that's actually on the team right now instead of someone who's coming on the team, like Dylan, or someone who was on the team uh, before, like Mario. Uh, obviously, Louis is a great guy. Uh, love having him on. Again, thank you, Louis, if you're watching this, for taking the time out, out of your day to, to, to let us interview you and enjoy this experience with us. It was a lot of fun. So, But that's going to do it for this episode of NDI. So hope you enjoyed it as usual. Uh, if you liked the video or enjoyed, this one will be on YouTube again. This is the last one was. So if you enjoyed the video, please like and subscribe and follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast streaming service you're watching from. Also like us on Instagram and Facebook and follow give us a drop us a follow on our Instagram and even our Twitter if you want. Everything can be found in our in the link in our bio. You have a link tree set with all of our different podcast streaming services accounts and open media accounts as well. So. With that being said, I'm David Drinko, Lincoln Retzloff, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Now a turnover for UMD, a breakaway for Jammernick, shorthanded to the back end, he scores. A shorthanded goal for North Dakota, it's 3-1. Well, another awful turnover by UMD. And this North Dakota team takes advantage of it. Lewis Jammernick.